Go on then. Is that it? Are we started? Yeah. Oh, fucking hell, okay. Okay, doesn't matter. Let's go. Okay, uh, welcome to Sing When You're Whining. Which episode number? Is it 24? Episode 24? It's been a few weeks, so it could be episode Might 24. Might be episode 25. <laughs> I don't know. All I know is it's been two weeks since we've done an episode. We've been, uh, we've been very busy uh, since Portland away, really. Uh, and our schedules haven't really aligned, have they, Andrew? No, we've both been, for once, extremely busy extremely on grown-up stuff. busy, and we don't get paid for this, so this definitely goes on the back burner. Yeah, this does not earn <laughs> revenue, so it, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely extracurricular activity. So, we are back. It is, uh, it's been a couple of weeks since we've, uh, we've been away, and what a couple of weeks we've missed in Whitecaps world. Uh, it's been crazy. We've had uh, Portland away, which we're going to talk about. Rooney came to town. We signed that. What's his name? Ricketts? Tosant Ricketts? Tosane Ricketts. Leonard Doozy is fucking bombed out of there. <laughs> Leonard been, du- Doozy's been moved sideways. It's been, a, it's been an interesting couple of weeks, so we got a fair bit to catch up on. Premier League is now fully underway. We're heading into the third week of the season. Everton have just been beaten. Uh, earlier today by Aston Villa. Liverpool are top of the league, I think. Are we top of the league? I think so, right? I think we are. Okay, it's all good. We're back. Uh, did you see people were asking about us on Twitter? Yeah. Th- people were concerned. There was, a, there was a rumor that we'd given up, that we'd quit, gone back to our day jobs, which is <laughs> partly true, but um, no, just busy. So we are back. Just like Everton said, they're back. <laughs> but we are back. <laughs> We're definitely back. They aren't. We are. I will. On that note, by the way, I did tell you that I thought uh, Villa wouldn't win any of their first five games of the season. Yeah, I'm you not, didn't check that they were playing. I Everton, didn't did check you? that they were playing Everton. <laughs> you know and what? Actually, they should have. They probably should have got a draw. But fuck them. I'm it's glad funny Villa because won. Villa were completely irrelevant to you and me. But after our discussion at the start of the season, where you were, oh come on, what is this amateur oh, hour? Turn your phone off. Turn your phone off. After uh, our discussion at the start of the season, where you were convinced they were going down, and I said I think they're going to do okay. I thought, fuck, if they lose three, the first three games of the season, I'm never going to hit the end of this if they go down. <laughs> So I was quite, not only was it Everton, I was quite happy to see the win today. But um, uh, yeah, we got, uh, so let's start with the Whitecaps then, I guess, like we always do. Uh, we'll talk very quickly about Portland away. Uh, which I've, was, by uh, the way, on this Portland away thing, yeah. I've got an incredible 15 minute segment of post-match reaction from our good mates that I recorded in the Tiki Bar. From, uh, yeah, because you actually snuck away from me. I wasn't involved in this. No, it, uh, it was glorious. And I've got it. I'm not sure whether we should include it. So maybe... Maybe it can be bonus material. May, maybe it can be bonus material. Uh, anyway, we, um, we are... Uh, Portland was a good trip. We had a good time. But I want to talk a little bit about the actual performance because we obviously lost 3-1. But I have to say, I thought the performance on the night was actually quite good. And I particularly want to talk about the performances of three players uh, where I thought they really stepped up. The first one is Imbom, who I thought was excellent. The second one was Rayner, who was impeccable. And the third one was uh, Rose, who I thought was excellent as well. Uh, playing in midfield instead of in defence, right? Yeah. Where he should be playing. Right. And uh, I, I thought they were really unlucky to get uh, to get nothing out of that game. And then you think to yourself, well, you feel like they've played really well and they've still got turned over. And then the next week they had Wayne Rooney and DC United come into town and uh, they got the result. And I thought they played really well again on on Saturday against DC. What did you think? Well, just talking about Portland first, um, there were a few comments around the game that losing 3-1, oh man, I think even on the night I said, oh, we got dicked by Portland, we got hammered. But 
if you look at it, it wasn't a 3-1 game. It was a 2-1 game and they got hit with a breakaway and the team did play well down there. And, and you know, when you look at it, there was, uh, I mean, I haven't seen the highlights for a couple of weeks, but I remember the first goal was kind of a goalkeeping error, right? He kind yeah. of misjudged it. Yeah. The second goal wasn't great either. Poor defending. Like, it, you look you look at those goals and, and Portland didn't really have to work for those goals. No, they were two more goals that that were conceded from outside the box. And I don't know what is going on in the team where the manager doesn't say in training, listen, you fucking midfielders, close people down because we've conceded so many goals this season from outside the box that you've got no business conceding. Yeah. You can look at it like in slow time and look at the replays and pause the like pause the frame just as it's gonna the goal's gonna come down and you can see it's key midfielders that are just not being aware that they've got to get out get out quickly and close down men and we conceding so many chances and goals from there and I think in that game it came down to those two mistakes at those two times and two good goals that's it. But yeah, and there's two ways that you can you can either be negative and look at that and say, well, well, it's something you, know, you can see to improve on. So yeah, it's a good but thing. You, but but as a as a fan, you can look at it negatively and go, well, this team isn't working hard enough, and blah blah blah. You know, you can get down on them, or you can look at it and say, okay, th- those goals are avoidable. We just got to work on be be on, on be more aggressive. Yeah, and and I think that you know, obviously, this season's probably uh, gone by the wayside. But if you're looking at next season and where to improve and and you're looking at how do you, do you improve your defensive record, it's, there's, well, there's very simple things you can do there to really start to make a difference. Well, the interesting thing was that that was the criticism if, of the Portland game, is that yet again the midfielders were not getting tight and closing down. And then you look at DC United, and they absolutely got tight and absolutely closed down. But I think that was for a different reason. I think that um, going going into that DC game, Obviously, you had the the same sort of fan story as always, where the majority of people seem to be going down there to see the granny shagger, um, whatever. But the team, the Whitecaps showed up, and I'll tell you what, there were quite a lot of people that were shocked by that performance. It was the, a really good performance. It was really good. And they every, froze Rooney every, out the game, Yeah, they really. did. Everybody was sharp. Everybody was aggressive. Everybody, like, tackled. Do you know what was interesting to me is you saw... I, I, I can't remember the specifics now because it's... It's a week ago, but there were players doing fairly outrageous tricks and flicks and bits of skill that you've never seen all season, and that was interesting. And they were, and it was coming off, and they were getting away with it. And I, re- I remember um, Theo Bear. I think at one point he went into a scrum of players, four players with the ball, and beat three of them and came out with it with all these little tricks. And I thought, well, how have you just lost three one at your rivals? And come into a big game and, and played like that with that sort of like um, freedom and belief in what you're trying to do. Because the the some of the football was really good. And 1-0, am I right in saying that 1-0 probably flattered DC a bit? Because we hit the bar. I felt like 1-0 uh, did flatter them. I thought, yeah. they, I thought they, they were really good. And the one thing that I did like, uh, uh, again, um, it's something that you don't see as much in the MLS, but you just can't beat it. And when you have it, and when you see it, it makes such a difference, but pace. Now, the only real impactful player that we've had so far has been Rayner. But when you put Rayner out wide, he doesn't seem to have the same effect on the game. He struggles out there. Now, against against um, against uh, Portland and uh, DC, he started at the top of that Christmas tree. Right, he was the the striker, and in both games, was probably man of the match. But when uh, Ricketts came on, is it Ricketts' his name, the new guy? Tosain Ricketts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when he came on and played down the right hand side there, and he had a handful of pace and, and looked dangerous as well. Suddenly, we just looked like we were going to be able to carve teams open again, and I'm I'm actually interested to see how they get on tomorrow. Because it's San Jose are a team that you can exploit with pace, and uh, and I think I think you know you, you hear of the Ricketts signing and you're like, well, if some of the names that have been banded around, it's not that you, you don't doesn't necessarily get you excited in that way. But I, I don't know from the first twenty minute cameo, I thought I was like, oh, okay, I can see what they're trying to do here. <laughs> yeah, there's been a big thing about Andy Rose as well, and I remember we said months ago. 
this is a kid that's being played in defence because he need he's needed in there to help the team. But he's never he's not a defender on paper, and I've liked him being back in midfield. I think he's played quite well. Uh, actually, last game when they did the man of the match nominations, if you want to call it that, in the stadium, Tybert was mentioned as a potential man of the match. There were a few others, obviously, in Bar and Rayner, who I think got it in the end. But um, Andy Rose's name wasn't in there, and I thought, well. This is a this this kid's sort of made the game tick without doing mm-hmm. without being on the ball and doing all the flash things. He's made a big difference in that midfield. And by the way, I'm not saying that Tybert was bad because he's actually one I th- I was impressed with in that game, and I'm never impressed with him. But um, yeah, they all played pretty well. The thing the thing I wanted to touch on though is uh, what do you think? Where do you think this extra burst of confidence came from in the players, given that they'd just been beaten pretty badly by Portland? Well, I think you've got to look deeper than the result against Portland and look at the performance. And I think if if they, I don't know if they do go back and watch the tapes of the games, but if they've gone back and watched that Portland game on Monday morning when you felt down about it all weekend, you couldn't help but, but watch that game and think that could have been so different. It could have been 3-1 Vancouver. Yeah, it's like you said, if you watch that game back, you haven't been absolutely battered all game you can see the mistakes that have led to the goals and you can say oh yeah you know that's my bad I've learned from it and next time I'm in on the field I'm going to step up and you wouldn't watch you wouldn't watch that if you were a neutral who knew nothing about the MLS you wouldn't have watched that game and said Vancouver are the the worst team in the league yeah you wouldn't or the worst team in the one of the worst teams in the league you know so um there was there was a lot of positives to take out of Portland, and then you know they had that tricky home game, uh, you know with the Rooney factor and you know all that nonsense, uh, and they handled it well. They froze Rooney out of the game. They frustrated him. We saw that at the end when he was yelling at the fourth official about I don't really know what. Uh, he I, felt like he'd been kicked, but yeah, I didn't really see anything. They kicked him around the park, he's Did saying. they, though? Well, that's what he's saying. I know, but did they is what I'm asking. He's going to say that. I didn't really I feel mean, like I thought they, they I thought they were robust. There were robust tackles on him, but this is what I was kind of leading you into is um, that this... Do you think that some of this confidence and some of the tricks, especially that we saw in the flicks, were players looking at Rooney and going... Whitecaps players looking at Rooney and going, well, you aren't all fucking that, mate. Like, I'm going to try and show you that I'm as good a player in the league as you are. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, like, possibly. And uh, maybe an element of that. And well, United we didn't fan- see it when Ibrahimovic came to town. Did no, we, we didn't. It, it was weird to me that they, the, these players that I wouldn't have credited with their, some of the abilities and confidence they showed, they actually were... And it was as if they were all saying, from the off, they were like... Yeah, fuck you, Wayne Rooney. I, I reckon probably if you could get hold of what the manager said, the manager probably fired the team up and said, you know, this guy's coming to town. He's the biggest, one of the biggest stars in the league. Um, look to upset him. He's no he's no better than you. He's just another footballer because that's the way they played. They treated him with absolute contempt. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, I loved it. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, as they should. Like, you know... But you've you seen you, you said about Ibrahimovic. You, he's come to Vancouver, and the players have literally been scared to get near him. Like right. he's got this aura around him where his opposition are like fucking Alice Ibrahimovic, fucking hell. With but I, I think I think when Ibrahimovic came, they were in the middle of like a slump, right? Uh, and the whole vibe around the club was terrible from top to bottom. We've talked we've talked about it at length. But there was something that happened in between the Port- Portland and the DC game, which I think, looking back on it, maybe the insiders at the club knew what was going to happen before it came out, which was this change at the high level where uh, Leonard Doozy's obviously been removed as president. We've told that they're getting a technical director in uh, at, at some point in the near future. They're on the hunt for that. Now, I think... I. Don't I have no knowledge of this. My suspicion is is that that came out early uh, last week, right? Um, uh, between after the Portland defeat, before the DC game. For me, I suspect that probably the insiders at the club and the players and that probably knew that that, that shift was going to happen. Right before Portland, does that make sense? Yeah, so they so, they so were now, already boosted. By well, not or... necessarily boosted, but now you're looking. If I'm a player, I might be looking at this going, 
oh, if they're making these moves, that means they're back in MDS, which means that he isn't going anywhere at the end of the season, which means that if I'm playing, I've got to play for him. Do you right. know what I mean? So they're almost like, there's not so going to be a change. Like the, I've the, got to buckle down. The owners have, have said, okay, we're back in MDS. We're changing it at the top, which is, which is you know, what a lot of people wanted to see. And now, uh, and now y- if you're a player, you're looking at that going, okay, well, there isn't going to be a change in manager, which has happened previously. So now we need to buy into what he, he's doing, which should never, ever be in question anyway. But when you get a big move like that at the top of the club, probably... Uh, it probably puts a rocket up your ass a little bit, right? Yeah, it does. So the question is now, can they carry that through? Well, at least there's with the DC win, there's some positive momentum. So as you said, tomorrow's game against San Jose is where you really want to see the same sort of performance and to carry on, at least finish the season on a high. You're not going to go anywhere. You're going to still be around the dregs at the bottom of the league. But yeah, try and get some positive energy momentum moving forward. What did you think, uh, moving away to the off-field stuff, what did you think of the moves uh, with regards to Leonard Doozy kind of, uh, they haven't fired him, but they put him in basically an ambassadorial role, uh, pretty much. Um, so he's out as president. We're going to get a technical director in yet. That you know They've talked about these moves and they're going to get more of a scouting department in place for MDS. Well, that, that confused me because the way that it's stated... And the way you just described it there is as if President Leonard Duzzi was in charge of football operations and, and he's moved a lot, moved aside and now there's going to be a technical director that's going to take control of all that. So it's kind of insinuating that Leonard Duzzi was in, in control of all that to start with. And I don't I think we all know that's not the case. Well, I mean, here's the thing. I'm, it's interesting that you said that because my reading, when I all came through, I thought, you know what? They've done exactly what I thought they'd do, which was remove the figurehead yeah take not out- remove not necessarily remove the pro now we're going to see over the next 12 months maybe Leonard Doozy was the problem maybe he was I don't know but to me I felt like Leonard Doozy was just a mouthpiece and and not really a huge decision maker absolutely he's now absolutely that if that is the case and the other people uh who were kind of the the part of that front office team who all seem to still be in place. I don't see a technical director coming in and, and being able to change a lot there unless he gets to have authority over those guys as well. And he can bin them off. Do you no, see what I mean? I do. I, and I, I, t- I totally agree. There are other individuals in that office that to me are destructive and need to go of, of all of those, all of the people that are talked about, Leonard Duzzi was the least harmful to me. And I've met the man a number of times. And to me, he's always just literally someone that likes the football club that they know will go out and give a message if they tell him to. I, I mean, I don't think he was in charge of picking uh, picking coaches, like looking at players, like setting up deals. Like, no, I don't think that was the case. So we'll see what happens with a director of football. I mean, but- here's the thing. If, the, if he wasn't, if that wasn't the case... I think he probably did have some input into it. But well, as president, you'd hope so. Well, Otherwise, exactly. That's president? what to say. If he's not involved, that's why he's gone. <laughs> yeah. Because he's president. But I think he did have some say in it, but I think he was very happy to go along with what other people were Right, were go along with decisions. their persona. You know what I, mean? I think he was rubber stamping decisions rather than tell, saying, you know, rather than having any real authority, which is what you need in that position, right? He's, he's too much of the nice guy. But don't they way. have like a pres- like operations director or whatever? Yes, they do. Right? So it's these people that are doing the day-to-day. Anyway. So we'll see. Maybe that changes. I mean, it certainly breathed a little bit of life into the supporters because they, uh, they want... We've been asking for that change, I think, some sort of change at the top for a while, and now we've got it. So... I think it's it's breathed a little bit of life into the supporters. Um, we'll see how much of a difference, but what that certainly what it does mean is that now we've got uh, the January transfer window. Suddenly, we're looking at a year's time before we really know whether these changes are going to make a difference or not. Which could be another year wasted, or maybe you know, maybe maybe not. Hopefully not. But. Uh, it's just, in- interesting times. I'm just looking at the uh, the published. Um, 
what is it organizations chart uh-huh. so white caps executives yeah so there's a man john furlong who i've never heard brought up in any discussions ever he's the executive chairman uh-huh he so. has a controversial past, but we'll stay away from that. Does he? Mm-hmm. Okay. We'll, we'll talk about it off. <laughs> <laughs> Born in Ireland, Tipperary. I'll get to them later on in the podcast. Um, so club liaison is Bob Lenarduzzi. Mm-hmm. So that's his new official title, club yeah. liaison. Chief operating officer, Rachel Lewis. Mm-hmm. Vice president of finance and administration, Don Ford. Vice president of soccer operations, Greg Anderson. Mm-hmm. So it would seem to me the vice president of soccer operations is probably more involved in making actual decisions than the president, Lenarduzzi, who probably does exactly what you said, rubber stamps, whatever. Right. Okay. And then there's a couple of others. Vice president of sales and service. Well, actually, they got quite a lot of people at the top. Well, VPs, directors. That's why you're getting so many fucking emails asking you to buy a box. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. We've we've got we've seen those changes. Let's see how they get on. We've got San Jose tomorrow, tomorrow evening, Saturday night, seven o'clock kickoff. I think. Uh, how do you see it going? Uh, it's a tricky one because this is a Jekyll and Hyde team. Like like we, you really don't know what Whitecaps is going to turn up. Yeah, you yeah, don't know. You don't know whether we're going to get a continuation of the last game against DC or. Um, do you think the manager's going to tinker with the lineup? Are there any of these new players that are going to come into it? Well, we've got the new guy from uh, Honduras now, right? He arrived this week, which is good. Oh, yeah. Speaking about that, um, mm-hmm. somebody said he had visa issues. He did have visa issues, yeah. Now, here's the thing. Yeah. Right? As a as a professional sports person yeah. that has a pedigree and a track record and video evidence of doing a job, mm-hmm. like playing a, playing a game, on TSN or whatever. Right. Don't you find it weird that you that the immigration can say, Yeah, we've got we've got issues with your visa. Like it happen it seems to happen quite a lot. I'd love to know what the what the issue is. Are they like saying, Well, we're not sure if you're actually a footballer? Do you know what I mean? Like it because uh, it, well yeah, it's interesting. I would imagine that the challenge for MLS and probably NHL well, maybe not NHL because they don't have as many f- foreigners but uh the mls is that i don't know how it works with needing a visa in the states as well as canada because you're basically working in both countries see what i mean yeah so so i don't know really how it works we're not well maybe we can get an immigration expert on next week but but like what i'm saying you know all these hollywood movie stars right they go around the world filming like this that and the other blockbuster and you never ever heard of like yeah uh Filming was halted on the on the filming of Top Gun Two because Tom Cruise didn't get a visa. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Now I'm being facetious, but um, when I travelled a lot for business, I never had a visa to work here because I was always being paid by a British company, and we were under contract to work. So I would always carry a copy of the contract, which stated that I wasn't being paid in Canada. So maybe visa issues because you you live in the place, but you're being paid in the place. Maybe that's a little bit more to it. Well, I think technically our players are paid in US dollars, so I think that um, that maybe they need a US visa. Yeah, and, and it will be something know. to do with that. But it anyway, was just funny to how me we've that, gone you know, down that road. Well, as, I a, suspect as a professional sports person that signs a deal, it must be really a, annoying to want to get started and then the, the you know immigration goes, ah, oh, your work permit's all screwed. I I would imagine it is frustrating. I suspect that probably the Whitecaps have just hired the cheapest lawyers they could find, <laughs> and uh, and that's why it's better call Saul. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, again, I don't know. Maybe that's just my suspicion. But so he's now clear to play anyway. I guess so. Yeah. Well, he's here training this week, so uh, he should be good to go. Whether we'll see him or not, I imagine he'll probably be on the bench. Um, We'll get the good old Christmas tree formation. Well, I was going to uh, say, do you, do you predict the Christmas tree? With uh, I don't think he can move away from the Christmas tree. Rainer up top. Yeah, I don't think you can. I don't think you can change that. I, I'd be tempted to drop Montero. Yeah, there was a few people saying that at the game, the DC game. Why is Montero still in the team? Yeah, He's not I looking would, the if, same player. If blah, I was going to that front four for me, you know what I, I would do? I'm not sure if he's fit, but I would play Bangora on the left. Ricketts on the right, Burr through the middle, through uh, 
like behind Reina. That would be my front four. Um, just because I don't like Bear out wide. He he looked he looked quite good out there though, playing uh, wide. Did he? I don't think he has the pace. I want blistering pace on that on those sides. What modelled after your own playing career? Well, you never saw me in my prime. I've heard good things. I'll say <laughs> I've heard good things. Difficult to believe now you're a peg leg, but <laughs> I have I've more than one person said you were a footballer in your day, which I'm disappointed with. But yeah. But um. So that's the, the, if 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 I was going to pick the team, but I'd stick with the same formation. I don't think he can move Reina from up top. Uh, I drop Bear in behind him, and I pay. I give Bangora a shout out out left, and and put Ricketts down the right. That's what I'd do. But I don't think he'll do that. You think he'll just? I think it'll be Bear on one side. Montero, he likes Bruno. the Bear though, hey. Yeah, and good. And why not? Yeah. He's done okay. Like, he's put, yeah, he's put in the effort in, and he's you know got, what? got a reward. We didn't talk about his goal in Portland, but what a fucking goal, by the way. Yeah, didn't it win Jesus. goal of the week? Uh, it did win goal of the week. It was a great, great finish. Uh, the only p- disappointing thing with his performance in in Portland is he had that amazing finish, but then couldn't control the ball for the rest of the game. Yeah, there was like many times where he had the opportunity to really create something and just like let it slide away from him. But funny enough, last week against DC, although he didn't score, his footwork was really good. Yeah. So, so if he can get those two two parts of his game together in the same game, then uh, then we're gonna see something good. But uh, yeah, he's got his first goal. I I I think we're all pulling for him to uh, to to turn into a decent player for us because you know local local lad who's come up through the through these kind of uh, what they called white caps two or whatever and uh, and it'd be good to have that that player in there right well, who's not named Russell Tyber not named Russell Tyber <laughs> hey Tyber's done well the last yeah, game or two has, you've got to be fair to him yeah. even I've got to be fair to him <laughs> I did enjoy shouting in this section at the stadium again if Russell Tybert scores I'll, I'll buy everyone a beer but I've got to be really careful with that because if you noticed, he started actually showing up on the edge of the box. Yes, yeah, and on, and on corners, <laughs> he's always hovering. Yeah, so I'm a bit worried. That there's a wor- <laughs> there's a worldie on the cards for Russell Tybert. Uh, so that's I think that's it for the Whitecaps. We pretty much covered uh, what's going on in Whitecaps world. Um, the Premier League has started. Thankfully, it's. It's, it's brilliant. I just love it. Like even today, watching Everton on my lunch break, the zone is. The uh, zone's going to be great. Oh well, we've got to talk about the zone later on. But Why? anyway, it's on Twitter. I got to talk about that. But, oh, um, asked my, the stuff that I did. Yeah, you I know. I caused a bit of a problem. You caused didn't I? a problem on Twitter. Yeah, I did. So anyway, um, Premier League's back. It's early, early, early days. You can't really um, say much. I'd say until late September. Mid October, things start to you know, you start to see the early runners, as they say. But here's the thing: nobody cares about the league at this point. No like the table, just keep winning. That's all that matters. And, and then I'll, look at look I, at the table at Christmas. What have you in, What have you thought about the introduction of VAR so far? Uh, I mean, liked it. It's been okay. There's been no no I nonsense. Can't really. think of it. I mean. The only reason it's been a problem is because Man City had a goal disallowed. But the funny thing was is that uh, Man City were crying about exactly that last year when it went against them. And the rule was altered in the summer to what kind of Man City was saying. And And now now it's gone against them again. again, And now they're complaining again. So it's like, make up your mind. It's it's going to go against you sometimes. It's okay. This is the... um this is the handball rule that you might or might not know about listeners, but um, in the new world and from this season on, if there's any kind of handball, accidental or otherwise, in the build-up to a goal, the goal will be disallowed. Now, do they review every goal for that now? Unless it's they like, review every goal. Right. So um, this is controversial because it's a massive rule change in football. But what I was saying to somebody the, 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 at the moment, people are angry about it and saying. This is nonsense. This is like going to change the way it's it's changing the game. Like you can't call a goal back that's really good because of an accidental handball. Blah blah blah. It's so different. It's not fair. It's changing the rules of football. But here's the thing: right now, if you're a team that's affected by that rule, it's painful, and it might be painful for the next season, the next eighteen months, the next two years. But if the powers that be leave that rule in football, 
and have VAR continue to enforce it, what do you think will happen in the end? Because I'll tell you what will happen. Handball in football, players will just stop. Any kind of handball, they'll just stop. And you'll actually eliminate handball as a thing that needs to be like ruled upon in a game. Well, he, well, I don't know about that, but he. Yeah, I mean contentious ones. Like if you're a striker, well, and you've gone in on question, goal. Is the question to you? Do you think that was handball? I not really. I I mean, he he made a move towards trying to get the ball so through his, a really narrow gap. So it's exactly we're in exactly the same situation as last season in the Champions League, which was the rule is written wrong. The rule was applied correctly. Absolutely, As yeah. much as, it, as Man City hate that, the rule was applied correctly. Yeah. So you can't complain uh, about that. What you can complain about is the rule the way it's written, which is incorrect. But it's not even the worst. Here's the problem right now is that we're, we're, the way the rules are written don't help VAR. No. The offside rule is fucking the, the offside horrible rule is right terrible. now. Horrible. Yeah. Like, how are we getting it? How has it turned into this much of a mess? Why are they allowed to continue playing when there's a blatant offside? What What is the rule? I don't I don't understand because it's like, it doesn't help anybody. So no. if a player's like five yards offside and the ball goes through and he chases it but doesn't touch the ball and then, the, and then it, let's say it goes the defender wins it or the keeper gets it or whatever. There's what? no... Like, then you're under pressure as the defensive side because of that offside that you've not applied. It's yeah, like so the Im- imagine a situation up. where uh, a, a, a player's played through, he's offside, he's running in on goal, but he doesn't touch the ball. The goalie gets it, plays it to the defender out wide, and the defender slips and mispasses it back towards the attacker a good 45 seconds after the run was made and the attacker scores that should that would not have happened in the in the old way because as soon as that player makes the run the play's stopped <coughs> because they're going to start talking about phases of play aren't they like well, well it's the next phase of play it's the next phase of play but what it used to be and the, i hated the old rule which was if you're not involved in play then uh, you're not in the game, so you, therefore you're not offside. But there was at least some logic to that. So if somebody on the far side is three yards offside, but clearly not involved in the play, then the don't game, flag. Could, the game yeah, could continue. That, there's some sense to that. My, uh, though my opinion always is, if you're three yards offside and you're not involved in the play, you shouldn't be on the fucking pitch. <laughs> so, uh, you, do you know what I mean? Like if you're, the rules should never ever have changed from when it changed 15 years ago. It should be, if the ball comes over and you're offside, you're offside. Yeah, absolutely. doesn't matter where you are on the pitch, you're offside. And if you just go back to that rule, VAR is very easy to apply. It is. Because then, then you any can look situation, at... a player goes through on goal, don't flag it, that makes sense. And then, if he scores, you review it. And you draw the two lines on the replay like they do every time, well, like they've done for 15 years. But now you're in a situation where you're looking at phases of play. Is he involved? Yeah. Is he not involved? How much time's elapsed? It's like. It'll have to be simplified. Just, how, just make it fucking simple. Like it doesn't need to be this difficult. And the hand rule, uh, the handball rule is the, is the same thing. Like, I don't know how, for me. Well, they've tried to make that one more simple by just saying any handball is a, is a, is a, is like penalised. Yeah, but if that ball, if that handball comes off the defender on Saturday and Gabriel Jesus scores, it counts. Does it? That's what they were saying. Oh, I didn't. I I read the rule as any handball, intentional or otherwise, that leads to a goal. Because so if a defender jumps and it come, hits his head and then hits his arm and falls down and a striker puts it in. VAR is not going to review that and say goal doesn't count because the defender inadvertently handballed it into your path. Right. That's is that is that true? Then that's the, my understanding of it. Because that, that's even more fucked. I don't understand why it has to be that why it has to be that difficult. And in all honesty, it used to be deliberate or accidental handball. Well, handball was always. This is it's been wrong for years because handball, as we were taught, it was 
If you move your hand towards the ball in a deliberate attempt to control or stop the ball, it's handball. If the ball hits your arm and you haven't moved, then it's not handball. But over the years, you've seen like arms by your side, it hits your arm, it's handball. That's not handball, it's ball to hand. If you move your hand to the ball, that's handball. So that's what they need to go back to. Very simple rule. If it hits you on the arm, but you haven't moved your arm, fine. It's not handball. End of. Yeah. If I it, mean, if if the ball's going past you and you lift, you move your arm out three feet. I'm actually doing the, the actions while I'm on the couch. I know. Well, I can see what quite, means, quite enjoying this. Can. If you move your arms out, like this is like some YMCA dance, <laughs> then it's handball. That's it's that simple. Anyway, Man City got done by it. I personally thought it was a good goal, but I'm glad it got given. Now the thing was, I remembered that I've got to zone and I got in got in that morning, turned the TV on just as he scored. And I went, oh, for fuck's sake. Turned it off again. Literally, my, my TV was on the zone for about 15 seconds. And then I looked at the chat group and someone, I think it was you, had said, VAR's reviewing it. I just about broke my neck diving <laughs> back across the room to turn the TV back on to see no goal. No goal. <laughs> Sorry. But let me talk about this other rule change because it made me laugh. Um... Was it Liverpool Southampton when the ref gave an uncontested drop ball? Yeah, it was. And you're like, I'm the only one that knows what's going on because no one else knows about this new rule because we talked about it in episode five or yeah, whatever. Yeah, what it was, was right? that? No, it was. Um, yeah, it was the. It was a drop ball, was it? No, it, that's what it was. The ball hit the ref. Yeah, and the ref blew up, and everybody in the pub was like, "Ah, fucking." Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and I turned around to like this group of lads behind me who were fucking giving it all types of hell. I said, "Lads, it's a new rule. <laughs> like, it's it's." And the only reason I knew it is because you fucking told me. And I remember when I told you about the rule, you went. But because I was in a position of knowledge, I quite enjoyed it. And the rest of the pub were like, "Oh, oh, is it a new rule? It's a new rule. Yeah, don't you fucking know this? Don't you read the rules? Do you not listen to sing when you're? We discussed this at length." Uh, yeah, so uh, Premier League's underway. Um, so we play Arsenal, so it's the we're the only two undefeated teams, right, tomorrow? No, that can't be right. I think it is. No way. Well, Man United, uh, Man United are undefeated. What you mean is we're the only two teams who have both won our opening games. Is, is that it? what you mean? Okay, that's what I mean. Yeah, that sounds more like it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's an early top-of-the-table clash, Liverpool-Arsenal uh, at Anfield. That's the 9.30 game. The early games tomorrow couple of interesting ones. But we talked about Chelsea um, and how they might have a, a difficult season. They go to Norwich tomorrow. Away. Pookie. That's a tough game for them. Norwich yeah. had a flying start. He's, he's brilliant, that lad, isn't he? Scored Pookie. against Liverpool, scored a hat-trick last week. Imagine he just scored every goal for Norwich this season. <laughs> Imagine he scored every game this season, well, at least one goal. So Chelsea, we, we, we talked about Lampard and I said that uh, I thought Man United and Chelsea might be one of those teams might really, really struggle to stay in the top six. United thumped uh, Chelsea the first game of the season, although but I didn't see the game, but by all accounts, Chelsea were quite unlucky. And then uh, obviously Liverpool then beat them on penalties in the Super Cup. And then at the weekend, they played Chelsea. Uh, sorry, they played Leicester. Did you watch that game? It I was, did. It was a great game. And Leicester were really unlucky not to beat them in the end. Um, that finished 1-1. Norwich have had a decent start to the season. Obviously, they lost uh, to Liverpool in the first game. But they uh, beat Newcastle last week to get underway. I fancy Norwich to get something from that game tomorrow. Um, and I think, you know, it's really difficult to see... Uh, Chelsea having a good season under Lampard but I also read this week that Lampard has a he can't be fired in his first season is like written into his contract why on earth would they agree to that well I don't know but if that's true that's going to make their season very very interesting Um. so Chelsea uh, sorry Norwich versus Chelsea is the the 4.30am game uh Pacific time. Then we have a South Coast derby, Brighton versus Southampton tomorrow. Man United are at home to Crystal Palace. you got to think that they United will win that one. And then a couple of other tough ones to call. Watford play West Ham. Sheffield United play uh, Leicester. That's got to be a Leicester win. Yeah, you'd think so, but it's those new teams when they get promoted, they're so <coughs> they're so hard to to predict, especially at home. So 
you know, you'd think Leicester should be favourites, but you never know. Uh, Sunday, Man City play Bournemouth away, and suddenly there's a little bit of pressure on City after dropping points last week, especially if Liverpool win uh, tomorrow against Arsenal. So uh, that's a tough place for them to go, but uh, to Bournemouth. Uh, Don't we have our our agent down there playing for them now? Yeah, what's his name? Wilson. Harry Wilson. Harry. Uh, Tottenham play Newcastle. I said that the first ge- I said before the first game. I think Newcastle will go down. I think they're in massive trouble. Uh, and then Wolves, who had a great result in Europe on Thursday night, they play uh, Burnley on Sunday. They won three two, did they? Three two in uh, in Turin and Torino. Yeah. So uh, lots of Premiership action action this weekend. It's all on the zone, as you mentioned. I I got the zone into a bit of trouble on Twitter this week uh, because it was the Copa Libertadores quarterfinals this week, and uh, I was very excited to watch the games. And then I find out that the zone at the weekend got rid of being sports and therefore lost all the Copa Libertadores games. But they didn't, you're the only person that's bothered. <laughs> they didn't say anything, so I when. I tweeted them and said, like, you know, what's going on with the Copa Libertadores? And they ignored me three times. And then I finally said, what's going on with Copa Libertadores? Don't ignore me. <laughs> and they replied saying, yeah, we're not with being sports anymore. Blah, 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 blah. And then all these South Americans jumped on board and started slating them. It's pretty bad, though, to it's do It's terrible that. to just pull it and hope that nobody notices. Like, how do you think but you're going to get away with that? This is the, the zone that everybody else knows. The, the poor streaming quality, the bad service, the disappearing events. Well, there's, so, nothing really, there's nothing really wrong with the streaming quality that I've encountered, so I'm not going to complain about that. But the zone, fucking... How much could it possibly cost to get to pay for the rights to South American football in Canada? It can't nobody, be a lot. Nobody else is doing it, so just fucking buy it. Yeah, just buy it. Very, very um, weird to me. Annoying is what it is. But then the TV, like Netflix and all these, they do the same thing. Show they buy the rights to shows, and then every other month that you know you you'll be like halfway through a season of a show, and then it's gone. So you have to stay on top of this stuff, mate. You'll have to get them to send you their schedules of what's there and what's not. Otherwise, you might miss out again. I suspect that it won't be long before we see more South American football on the zone, to be honest, because that market is not really taken care of in the Canadian market, from what I can tell. So, uh, yeah, so I had a bit of a Twitter spat with, uh, with the zone this week. And that's probably brings us nicely into the, the fabled what does Twitter want section. Which we haven't really done anything with this week. I was hoping that you were going to uh, so, put something together for us, but you didn't. No, I've been so busy with other things that I just have not had time to devote to Twitter. Yeah, it's, um, it's been tough. So, you know... Fully aroused was very concerned. Fully aroused was not aroused at all. He's Hopefully he's more <laughs> he's, aroused when he's he sees aroused again. this episode go up. He was semi-aroused. But yeah, then. the whole Twitter feed is people complaining about DAZN, uh, to DAZN, which I quite enjoy. Yeah. Um, so let's just read out what Emond98 says. He says, Dazone Canada, you've never informed your customers. I'd just taken out an annual subscription for all the proposed soccer content, not for half of it. Is a refund or credit possible? <laughs> so if you're out there, Dazone, please answer us. And also, if there is a refund or credit possible, let us know if you get one because we we'll one. just all complain. <laughs> we'll turn it we'll turn it into everybody getting a refund. Uh other news in uh, in Twitter was your little, your little witticism Pep Vardiola, which I <laughs> quite enjoyed. I was uh, I was happy on Saturday with that Vardiola decision. Uh, Spice Boy says, should uh, he bet on Yeovil to win the league or Cardiff to win the league? Uh neither. Don't bet on either of them. Yeah. Oh, and I'll have my bet coming up this week. Oh, you actually going to put a bet? You, I've you, been, I've, oh, I have constantly put a bet up the yeah, first you, two weeks. You weren't very good after the first week. We were so close. We were so so close. Uh, last oh, week, so not, yeah. Not as close. Um, fully aroused does mention the thing that happened in Portland. What thing? When uh, it was the day of the game, and I was coming back to meet you boys in the lounge from the room. And the elevator door opened and Mark DeSantos was stood in front of me. And I yeah, just went, you really... I just went, hello. You just went, hello. <laughs> and then let him get away with it. Let you you could have, should have whipped out the mic should've, there. Should have whipped out the iPhone <laughs> and got a soundbite. But no, I was, I was 
perhaps a little bit hungover, perhaps a little bit, you know, I don't really know what to say other than, do you listen to our podcast? <laughs> um, but, you know, so Twitter's been quiet. We will get back on it. Um, I like the Twitter section. All right, well, we'll, we'll get back on it. What I do want to talk about now, yeah, though, go on. is um, not Twitter specifically Twitter-related, but sports-related, odd sports, is um, last weekend was the All-Ireland Hurling Final. Have you ever seen hurling? No, and I don't want to. So this is your section. Right. Well, it's not re- the, the sport doesn't matter, but I've got a very specific question. And if you're out there on Twitter and you listen to this episode, if you can think of any examples of what I'm about to say, then please let me know. So, uh, the All-Ireland Final was uh, Kilkenny versus Tipperary. Tipperary won, and I know nothing about the game, but I watched it. Uh, in the 33rd minute, uh, Kilkenny went down to 14 men from 15. So they played the whole second half and the, the few minutes of the first half with a man down. Now, basically, hurling is like football, like lacrosse, all mixed together where there's a goal, like a football goal, and then there's rugby posts above the, the goal, right? You've seen, you've seen the goals. Right. So how you score in hurling is if you hit it into the goal, past the goalie, and by the way, the ball's the size of a baseball and they hit it with sticks. So if you if you get the ball in the goal, it's three points or a goal, but the Irish call it three points, whatever. So it's a goal, three points. If you can't do that, you can just hit it between the sticks and get one point. So that's fine. Except every single hurler has the ability and the power to hit the ball between the posts from pretty much anywhere on the field whenever they want. So do you see where I'm going with this? Right. <clears throat> it's absolutely vital that you, in hurling, you mark a man because if you don't, he can just hit the ball through the post from anywhere and you ca- you cannot stop him scoring. The only thing that stops him scoring is his own inability to complete the skill. But from anywhere inside the attacking half, it's very easy for an even average hurler to hit a baseball with a big paddle between those two goals. So what happened was in the game, they went down to 14 men and they could not stop the other team from scoring a point every time they had the ball. So my question is this. Is there any other sport that you can think of where it's possible to score a completely uncontested goal if, you're, if you've got one less opponent than, one less player than the opponent? Completely uncontested. Can you think of another sport on the spot? No. No. Well, I've been thinking about it for a few days, and I'll tell you, I don't think there is one. So if there is one... I'm not going to lie to you. I have no idea what you're talking about. Right. So in ba- in no uh, in football, man. if you get a man sent off, your team cannot score an automatic goal, right? Because there's, you've still got to play through your opponent. Even if they're a, man, they're a man more, they've still got to play through you. You don't get an automatic point, right? right? You can't just score a goal at will if you've had a man sent... You if, can if you're Liverpool. Right. Uh, basketball. If you go down a man, the other team... Actually, basketball could be one. If there's a good enough player, they could hit three pointers from anywhere if they're unmarked. So any basketball people, let me know. Anyway, this is the thing. Hurling is a dumb sport because if you get a man sent off, you cannot win a game. Great. It's two hours of my life. That's I, I, fucking five minutes you've spent telling us that something we already knew. Well, uh, you know, it, it's an interesting sport. I, I, I wouldn't like to be a goalie. Imagine getting a baseball hit at you from like three feet away with a, off a big stick and you've got to save it. Be interesting to try that. Red and yellow cards. Fucking <laughs> 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 hell. Okay, yellow cards. I've got one this week. One goes to you for talking about fucking hurling for five minutes. That was terrible. I don't think anyone's listening anymore. Have you got any yellow cards? Uh, Yeah. Go on. Yellow cards to Tipperary. <laughs> <laughs> have you got any red cards? I did. Yeah, I. I, I did have a, got a great red card. I week. did have a red card, and it's gone out of my head now. So you, you tell me yours. My red card this week, and you have to go and watch this if you haven't seen it already. Maybe we'll post it on our Twitter feed. Goes to Ian Holloway because during uh, a show that they have on Sky Sports in the UK this week uh, called The Debate. They were talking about the Manchester City uh, hand disallowed goal at the weekend and Ian Holloway 
blamed the handball rule. Who is not actually without controversy anyway. Yeah, like... but he blamed the handball rule on the EU and said he can't wait for Brexit so that we can change the rules so these stupid things don't happen anymore. <laughs> What the fuck is he talking about? Was he drunk? No, he was on TV. Well, I mean, he may have been, but he was like, it was staggering. And it also shows the level of intelligence amongst certain people who voted for Brexit. How can he possibly, he's a foot, he was a football player and then a football manager for many years. How does he think the EU writes the laws of the game? That is incredible to me. Do you think he was just trying to make no, a joke? Have you s- no, he I wasn't. haven't seen it. No, have I you haven't. not seen it? No, when no, you no. see it, you will realise he is not joking. He is. It's, it's incredible and terrifying. A, the man's a bit bats, isn't he? To be he honest. fucking got to be. Yeah. So that's my red card for this week. Did you figure out your no, red card? No, I didn't. Maybe it was probably related to hurling. <laughs> for fuck's sake. <laughs> Uh, oh no! Um, no, no, it's gone. It's gone. It's gone. <laughs> I'll have to do an add-on episode on like Wednesday when I remember it. Okay, I think that's all we've got this week. Yeah. We're going to try harder this week on Twitter. We'll we'll get back to our weekly episodes. Uh, Although I am going back to England soon, so you'll need to find a guest. Oh, maybe I'll just do it on my own. Oh Jesus. I think uh everybody would appreciate an hour of me. An hour of Coleman. Talking to themselves. Did you get you're gonna post your bet on Twitter, right? Yeah. Okay. It's already placed, don't worry people. I will right. place it well, tonight. Then, uh, we've gotta go now to take our new uh the new baby in the family to on a visit. Yeah. Oh, it's your birthday this weekend. It's my birthday, Happy yeah. Birthday. It's my birthday on Sunday. Yeah. yeah. Well there you go. Happy birthday. Um, actually, we kept quiet about the old big ears on Twitter, didn't we? we might yeah, to... yeah, we'll have to post a picture. Basically, for those of you who are still listening, <laughs> uh, we decided to buy a full-size replica European cup, <laughs> and it's currently sitting on Andrew's dining room table <laughs> while we build a cabinet for it. And magnificent it is, too. <laughs> it's beautiful. All right, so we'll be back next week, hopefully. <laughs>